What's up, guys? Welcome back to Swing Space Radio. I got William Leaf on the line, live from Jupiter, Florida. This is Dan Trainer. We're going to talk this week as I interrupt William, trying to say what's up to you guys. Yeah, just trying to say hi to to my Swing Space Radio fellas. (laughs) So we're going to go and recap the Players' Championship, talk about Tiger Woods, talk about John Rahm. They both suck. It's pretty funny. Uh, we're going to jump into uh, the Valspar. No Tiger this year. That's sad. We're going to review the course. We're going to look at the weather. And as always, we're going to get into our favorites and our head-to-head where once again, I mean, have I lost, when was the last time I lost that? Dude. It's been a while. The thing is, yeah. is, like, you get automatic wins when it's Ted Potter versus Troy Merritt. I don't understand. I'm just like giving you wins, but I'm just gonna start. You know, I think you've said this for the last like six weeks. Yeah, but like you haven't done that great in the last couple weeks. You what? You swept me that one, and then you beat me three one this week. But just a bunch of pillow fights, whatever. Whatever. Talk about Rory, who came through. Let's. I mean, let's jump into it, Rory. Let's talk about. It. I mean, that guy. It seems like the thing that I've always felt. And, you know, maybe the numbers wouldn't bear this out, but you go back to, like, when he fell apart on the back at the Masters. Right. And, like, he's he's just, he seems like a guy that, and I know we talked about this earlier in the week, like, if he's blistering the field, like, when he's on, he's absurd. You know, right. like, but, it's, but it, it seems like a lot of his wins, and I know this is a generalization, but a lot of his wins come where he just, Either does what he did the year before, or in you know mm-hmm. in 2018 at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, where he just blitzes everyone on Sunday, or you know he comes and he just does it all week, right? Where this week it just felt like he it's faced been a while adversity. since he's done that though, like since he's done it all yeah. week, like it's been a while. Yeah. That's how I feel like that's how I used to look at Rory. The thing I always said was. When Tiger was in his prime, the only guy I feel like that could actually go toe-to-toe with him and beat him is Rory. Just because of the way he drove the ball. Like, when the U.S. Open, he won by, what, at congressional? It's like, I just don't know how you pick up strokes on a guy that does that, you know? (laughs) For sure. he's been a little different, like you were kind of saying. It's been more um, coming from behind, like, playing his last nine holes and five under or something and taking the win like Arnold Palmer. But it was cool. I feel like this win was different for him. Like, it was more of a, he was grinding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doubled, about, was it four he doubled? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just kind of had to grind through the entire day, right? Exactly. And he played well when he needed to. He didn't pull a John Rahm. Um, <laughs> and just like, I mean, again, like, we talked about the John Rahm thing. You know, and, and the, we can finish this up on Rory. But, like, it was just, I mean, it's fun to see, right? Like, I was obviously rooting for... For Jim Furyk because I had, had picked him, but right. it was also fun to watch Rory just be the guy that mm-hmm. you know you look at how, how what a freak he is, but really put something away like that, like the best player yeah. in the world. Yeah, it's like he almost kind of came, got over a hump himself to win a golf tournament in that fashion. Because like like you're saying, it's no doubt obviously when he's on, like he's really hard to beat. Um, he just hasn't won many that were sloppy, you know, and Tiger Woods yeah. did that all the time, right? Like he just didn't have his best and he'd still get it done yep. by one. Um, so it's cool to see. Maybe that's a big upgrade in his mental, mental state uh, moving forward, which would be cool. Cause I like when Rory's on, it's just fun. Sure. He's fun to yeah. watch. Again, it just is a, 
it is a different it's different like it's funny how when you watch you know the the tracker and you yeah. watch the ball speed numbers and stuff like that which you know we're obviously blessed to be able to see on on the tv broadcast right. it's kind of a fun fun way to watch golf obviously um, but you know you look at it and you look at a guy out there that hits his drive and it's 171 172 and then him where it's like 177 yeah. and it's just like it just doesn't seem like it's that big of a difference but then you go <laughs> watch like 171 versus 177 yeah and it's like oh oh <laughs> yeah like there's and, like, a physical difference and it's not like he's again it's not like he sw- feels like he's swinging out of his shoes to get it it's just it's, it's like it's so smooth and it's so fun to watch and he's just such a freak i could sit there and yeah. watch him drive a golf ball for 10 straight hours <laughs> right. i could just give him a million golf balls and be like here i'm gonna sit up on this chair behind you on this range you just hit your driver for the next 10 hours and i will be just completely watch. okay with this. <laughs> yeah. Just gonna watch with a nice, satisfied smile on my face. Yeah. <laughs> so John Rahm, that was kind of the other big story of the week. What and John Rahm, and I remember I was watching this live, and I was texting you. Like literally, I think you were playing golf actually earlier in yes. early in the round, and I was. I think there was probably like fourteen text messages in a row because I was <laughs> watching this happen live. I'm like, oh my god, Rahm and his caddy are sitting here talking about him trying to snap hook an eight iron around these trees out of, out of the, the bunker, bunker <laughs> yeah. over just pitching out. He's like, oh, no, I don't. So again, they're going back and forth and I'm just sitting there watching it in real time. Like, What's oh, going you know, 60% chance you're putting this right in the water. You know what I mean? And again, <laughs> like, it, it, it's hard. Like, here's the thing. If he would have hit it on the fairway, if he would have just, if he would have been able to hook it around the tree, put it on the fairway, Mm-hmm. Nobody would be sitting here talking about this, right? Because the line was probably better. And you go back and you look at the comments or the comments of, or what, what he was saying to his caddies. Like he liked the line into that pin better mm-hmm. from the fairway across the water, right? Correct. And I'm sure in his mind, he's thinking, hey, because I don't actually know what club he had, but I think a lot, I saw on Twitter a lot of people were saying like, what he was trying to do was hit it on the green. I don't think he was. I think he was honestly just trying to hook it in a fairway and get a layup shot. So I think it's kind of, at least from what I've seen, and I don't know if everyone is out there saying that, but like from what I've seen, it just seems like a misnomer that he was trying to hit it on the green. I don't think he yeah, was. Yeah, I think that he didn't really care where it like ended up per se. Like he wanted to get to the fairway, but it's like if it just ended up in the, he just wanted to get on that side of the water right. with that angle and he would go from there. Like that all makes sense. It comes down to though what like I've been talking about on this podcast all the time is like the one thing I watch with John Rahm is his mental attitude. And right. you were kind of talking about how he was being, you know, a little bitchy all day, whiny, yep. things like that. And it's like these are the moments that I'm talking about why I don't see him winning the Masters when he's got this attitude because things like this happen where you hit good shots and it um, ends up 40 feet away and it's tough to two putt. Like annoying things like that happen yeah. and his decision making gets so clouded. Like, and that's what I feel like kind of happens there. Like it made sense what he was saying, but he was so stubborn with his caddy. For sure. Like he didn't even give that caddy a moment to actually explain himself. Like it was just like, no, I'm not doing that pretty much. 
you know. Well, that was just kind of the thing. It seemed like he was saying, oh, you know, we don't know what kind of lie we're going to get out there. We don't know what kind of angle right. we're going to have. And like you said, I think he would have been fine with anything over to the left. So it's kind of like, well, you don't know what you're going to do over there either. It right. was just like a moment of stubbornness that like, but again, I kind of think back to it. And it's like, I think everyone's making a humongous deal out of this when it's like, okay, he's probably sitting there thinking like eight out of 10, I'm going to hook this yes. iron, eight iron enough to clear this water and get it into the fairway mm-hmm. and you know at some point the caddy just kind of looks down and is like all right like again because if he when fights he it more head. if he fights it more more you know what i mean like it's gonna put yeah. more doubt in his head and i almost wonder like i almost wonder again how that whole thing went down it, there's two outcomes right if rom would have just pitched out hit it on the green made five what did he? And I, again, I wish I had the thing up right in front of me. What did he end up even shooting? I. Oh, what did he shoot on the day, or what did he get on that hole? Yeah, was he was he one back or two back? Ooh, was he leading at that point? Yes, he was. He was winning. He was up yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was leading at that point. That was the hard thing, dude. It, the leaderboard changed so much. I was like, at what time was this guy winning? Right. Um, but, you know, going off of, of what you're saying is it just comes back to me as like his clouded judgment when he gets all this fiery, um, when he gets angry and pissy. Uh, and that's what always worries about me in majors, you know, in like a U.S. Open or a, a Masters where. Never um, mind. He shot, I, I, I should have known this, but he shot 76 and ended up in 12. But like. You don't. You just never know where it goes from there. Mm, you know what I mean? For sure, it's the momentum play. I mean, it's the momentum right. decision, and we talked about how that's so underrated in golf. And I've I believe that completely. I think there's a lot of there's a handful of decisions throughout a round of golf that are really momentum plays. Like it's about controlling the momentum of the round versus making the 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 hero play or, or you know making four on that par four. It's just like he shot himself in the foot there, where. Yeah. If he trusted his caddy and hit it out there, I know he didn't like the line, but if he made five, you know, I think he moves on and, and builds a little bit of momentum. Just like, sure. hey, I made a decision. I committed. We got the outcome that was expected. We move on. I just think that he was just so stubborn. Like, he just wasn't He wasn't going through his options. He, he wanted to do that, and he was going to do it. Um, and that's where what you're talking about is it's the fine line for the caddy of how do you say, like, stop, you're being an idiot, don't hit that. Because you don't want to put doubt in their mind, but then like firing them up to try to hit a great shot. That's difficult. You know, like mm-hmm. keeping them positive, but also realizing that there's a good chance this doesn't work out. That's hard. I don't know. I, I've never been in that position, obviously, as a caddy, but it's like, whew, you're watching that. He's trying to get paid too. Like that's his job. Right. For and sure. like he understands. He's thinking more of a um, non emotional sense, you would think, right? Like, I don't know. It was a it was an interesting situation. It'll just be see how he bounces back this week. For all we know, he could use it and he could win at the Valspar, but um, he's hard to predict. He's just tough. For sure. So Tiger, we get into this one too. He was playing so well. He played good. Like I like where his game's at. He's driving it pretty nice, and the putting's off. But like he'll figure his putting out. And Willie. Yeah, he will. Of course, he I will. feel like his putting's been off for a while, though. Like again, it's just one of those things where we all take it take it for granted. Tiger Woods is gonna figure out his putting, but it's kind of like when? Okay, when? 
But like, here's the thing too: is with this whole comeback, he's so picky about his ball striking and his back, and it's all been based around full speed, full speed, full speed. Well, I feel like this the last couple of weeks he's actually started to worry about his putting, to think about it, and it's like how much of this stems from him spending a lot of time on the full swing comparative to short game, you know, like with putting exactly. Um, I feel like maybe now with the Matt Killen thing, like I hope that's the step in the right direction where he realizes like, I feel really good with my ball striking and like, he's driving it awesome. You know, he's driving it pretty solid and maybe now it's time for he realizes like, okay, everything's in order and I have to get my putting figured out. And he's just too smart to not. It's like, if he can figure out his driver like he has, like the putting to me is just a matter of time. He still doesn't putt that horrible. He just isn't like taking advantage of it, like what he always does. He's just yeah. not. It's, it's not like he's sitting out here missing a bunch of three footers. You know what I mean? No, it's like, for sure. It, he didn't even three putt this week. I don't think. I think that was what it was. He just didn't make anything. And it's like that's kind of the variance of just like waiting. You know, in a way, like. His speed's fine. He's got good touch. Like, I don't know. It just isn't a big... It's not a big concern to me. If he's missing a bunch of four-footers, like, then I'd be like, oh, God. You know, like, he's losing his nerve and stuff like that. It's just... It's just not that. I want him to win the Masters so bad. I know. Scott Fawcett on Twitter said, if you, like, bet on him at 12-1 to 1 odds, you just don't like money or something. I'm like... Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that... <laughs> <laughs> you don't like money. But, like, I don't... I don't know, man. I just, uh, he's too smart to be worried about him. I'm o- I'm always more worried about it is driving. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I feel sure. like that's more of the worry. And when he has that under control, I'm like, it's only a matter of time until he gets that under control. People disagree, but I just, that's my feelings. Yeah, so we got a 17-year-old in the field, Akshay Batia. Yeah, one of George Gank's guys. Number one junior that's- in the world. Yeah, it's weird that it all comes back to Instagram, but I was watching him hit the ball. Kid he's wants got speed. It. Yeah, he's like tall, lanky. He's he's kind of blessed with that, you know, good golf body, especially at a young age. Like he's a he's like a skinny Tony Finau, in my opinion. Like tall, seems athletic, yeah. like raw speed. Um, he's just seventeen years old. I think he's gonna be really good. You know, like, there's a lot of 17-year-olds that you're just like, you're good. I, th- I think he's actually legit, for sure. It'll be interesting to see how he does. I mean, I'm going to beat you with him down in the Tier 4, uh, just because I want to beat you with, a, you know, a teenager. But Well, you haven't had much Tier 4 success this year, so you know, maybe we'll change something there with the 17-year-old. <laughs> so, <laughs> this week we have the Valspar Championship. No Tiger. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough golf course. Again, we've, we've had a couple yeah. tough golf courses in a row. I feel like, um, or at least three out of the last four. Um, I think that's I like. I really do like this schedule change. Actually, at first, I didn't really know if I was going to, but I feel like it's really good prep into the Masters. Like what you're kind of saying about like the time of the year that they're playing the players um i feel like they're coming off of a major a little bit you know uh, we talked about that the fifth major but that felt like it you know um i don't know i see and i actually disagree with that i don't feel like it felt like the fifth major really? but i do felt like I, I felt like it felt like a really it, it was almost like a baby i'm trying to think it didn't feel like a major to me it just felt like a nice 
big, yeah. solid warm-up tournament to the Masters. You know what I mean? And it, I feel like it was in the right spot. I, I feel like there's there's no reason to wait, um, you know, to to break up, you know, because as the, the old tour schedule was that kind of broke up the Masters, uh, and then in the U.S. Open, I kind of like that they're going to put the PGA in that kind of time slot, so you'll have right. major, 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 major. But like I like that players kind of being the instead of the the in between two of them, I like it as kind of like okay, everyone build to this tournament, then kind of go home, retool, figure out what you need exactly. to do to get to the real thing. You know what I mean? And, and so like, like it definitely felt like a it w- like if you think about like in a car race, and maybe this isn't the right analogy, but it just it felt like a good, uh, you know, a good a good time trial, like a good just like hey, where's my yeah. game at in an important I event. Where again we talked about the we talked about the stakes going into it. It's like it was the biggest biggest ca- the purse the big, the purse was the Correct. biggest that we had had in the PGA Tour history, and you get that three year exemption for winning. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot at stake for guys that get in and can and play in it, but at the same time, like for some of the better players, you're more looking at hey, this is we're gonna have a good field. You know, I'm sharpening up my game in this type mm-hmm. of environment. Uh, to head into the Masters and to head into the major season, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what I mean is like even with going from Bay Hill, um, you know, that golf course I felt like was playing as close as it could as like a major golf course, like the firmness, you know, it was fast. Um, Coming into the players then having this tournament, I just feel like this is the easiest way to predict who's going to play well at the masters a lot of times you come in and you're like i don't really know like how anyone's sure. actually may if they're major uh if their game's major um caliber at this point yeah where like you know what i'm kind of saying where i feel like right now we're absolutely getting this and that's the thing about john rom i've been saying that on this podcast of like his mind is the only thing i watch and it's like shoot i felt like you were doing good i felt like you kind of made a step back and if i'm seeing that consistently what he did not making bad decisions like that, but pouty, it's like, I'm going to have a hard time choosing you in the Masters. But if I see Rory being so gutsy and, you know, having that side of him where he's grinding things out, it's like, it's right. hard not to pick mm-hmm. him. You know, it's yeah, like, for sure. okay, we're getting an actual taste of where people really are at, at that level. Not yeah. John Deere, just like flat out who's putting it the best. You know, like, <laughs> a birdie sure. best. it's just like, there's a lot of different... Um, different. Yeah, it almost feels like it almost feels like the tour, like the PGA Tour, is off to a faster start. If you know what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah. Absolutely. With this, it's with happening. this schedule, it just feels like you know. Again, the players doesn't feel like a major to me, but it definitely feels consequential. And you know, it feels consequential to all of the guys that are playing it, whether they're yeah. just playing for the biggest purse in the history of the tour, or they're trying to get that three-year exemption to be out here and have a job, like have a for real sure. legitimate job for three years. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I like that being there. Like you said, you know, everyone, there's nobody going into that tournament and treating it as, oh, uh, you know, we'll just go out here and play and see how we're Correct. doing this week. It's like, you're ramping up to that. You know what I mean? For it's sure. like, you're, you're making sure that everything is clicking on all cylinders and then, hey, what didn't work? Let's go back. We still have a little bit of time before the Masters. I like it. I, I really it's, like this. It's this absolutely game. their last checkpoint before the Masters to see yeah. where things are at and, and, like you said, retool. Um, because then they go to the – I don't know what week that is exactly, but then they go to the match play. Is yeah. that next week? Is that is it go Valsport yeah. match play and then the Masters? I think. Or is there one other one in between it? But um, 
But that being said, it's just like the match play is like those guys are looking at it as like they got three guaranteed rounds to just go. Doesn't and I, I I might come back on this too once that match play happens, but it kind of feels like that's a goofy one to have right before the Masters. For sure, I agree with you. It's weird. Like, like I, I think I think guys are going to be out there uh, more. Like, okay, I have three guaranteed rounds to get yeah. some reps in. Not like. I really want to win this WGC because it's a big tournament. Like it's a WGC, For sure. but it's kind of, I feel like the masters is going to overshadow that completely, <laughs> especially yeah, guys. So like Tiger. Got, so like Tiger's got not going to that. Yeah. So we got the match play and I think that's what Tiger said. He was going to go play. He's going to play the, the players. Then he was going to get into the match play and then obviously the masters. And uh, so it's going to be the match, uh, the match play. And then the week after the match play, is the Valero Texas Open, which is going to be... Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. How many guys are really going to be playing in that? Yeah, that depends. Right? Like, everyone's, that's kind of, that comes down to just everyone's opinion based on the Masters, not actually the Valero. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Like, I mean, it didn't look like anyone played in it really last year. Andrew Landry took yeah, it home. Won. Yeah, Um. Yeah, I like it, though. I mean, overall, I do like the schedule change. It'll be interesting to see what it's like later in the year, obviously. But um, it's been good, I think, especially for, um, you know, some betting reasons. It's really nice to be able to see where people are at. And I also sure. put, I also bet on Rory last week, so that was pretty cool. I was pumped about that. <laughs> good for you. Congratulations. Hey, small victories, man. That's right. All right. Well, should we talk about Innisbrook a little bit? Yeah, par 71, going to play at about 7,200 yards. Ball striking is going to be a big deal, right? Like, again, mm-hmm. scrambling is going to be a big deal. Guys that can drive it accurately, it's going to be a big deal. Par, th- par 3 scoring is going to be a big deal. And, like, the big thing that I've been looking at this week, too, is where are you strokes gained from 175 to 200? Like, yeah. are guys hitting the green from there? Because it's going to be another, you know, if you're not hitting it well off the tee, there's going to be guys this week that are playing with their three woods in hand. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. That was kind of where I, from 175 to 200, that's really where I For sure. took my guys this week. Um, and that's where, and that's where, like, you know, I kind of uh, mention is, uh, like, accuracy is at a premium off the tee. But it's, like, it's this fine line between length and accuracy. You can definitely go both ways. But, um like a guy this week, like Jim Fear, can absolutely do well just simply because if he's hitting the fairway. And then what you're saying from 175 to 200, like if he's hitting the green, he's going to have no issue here. Right. But like if you got a guy that's bombing it, um, he can't just like wheel it. He can't just like send it. He needs to actually like control it enough to take advantage of his length. Like, yep. you know, so it's like that fine line of it's important off the tee. It's just what strategy are you looking for? Um, and I think the guys like Jim Furyk, I actually really am comfortable with them. Top 10, 10 top five is like really confident they'll, they'll be there. The guys that can hit it farther, it's like, okay, you definitely have a good chance at winning if it, if it's your week off the tee, but you could absolutely MC on this golf course too. You know, so For it's, sure. different types of games can have definitely find yourself in some different results or different ex- expectations for for the week. For sure. So weather doesn't look like it's going to play a huge factor this week. You know, it's going to be between 72 and 81. 
Yeah, looks like the wind is going to be 10 miles an hour or less uh, all week. So let's hop into our favorites. The number one guy here, Sergio Garcia. He's 17 to one to win the tournament, two and a half to one uh, to be in the top 10, and about four to one into the top five. Yeah, I mean, if you like 175 to 200, here's your guy. You know, he leads the tour in uh, strokes gained approach to the green. Um, he is just a crisp iron player week in and week out. Um, he's got a good, um, he's got a nice go-to shot off the tee. You know, he can get a little bit uh, steeper on it, hit a hit a squeeze cut. Um, but he's got plenty of length as well. So it's that mix right there. He That's why I really like him is he's got enough length, but he's also able to control his ball. He's able to play the off-speed game off the tee as well to make sure he hits fairways. Um, because this course, I mean, there's a few holes that you you definitely can go out and just send it, but then you get to holes like 16, I believe it is. There's water all down the right. you got to hit a golf shot. you know. So it's being able to kind of come in and out of you know different different modes of play, not just aggressive. It needs to be a well-balanced strategy. Um, around this place and that's why I like Sergio I mean he's got experience he played well here last year I believe it was Um, and he's one good putting week away from getting it done you know this really doesn't apply to any of these guys but I'm gonna be again it kind of goes back to the John Rahm conversation that we had Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be very interested to see how he bounces back this week John Rahm like just yeah just mentally like again it's another it's another course that closes difficultly if that's a word like but yes. it's going to it's probably the toughest close on tour right and so like a guy can't you have to you have to stay focused like you can't just let yourself go during the middle of the round and then feel like you're going to pull it back together like if you're falling Absolutely. apart mentally all day it's going to be a tough grind and i think it only gets again, hard. we talked about we talked about moving towards the masters it's like if i think if John, if, if rom can prove Again, because I think he has been on a, an upward trajectory of, of being more focused, staying within himself on the course mentally. Like, again, it'll be interesting to see. Like, again, you think about anyone that has problems with any anything. Think about problems that you have with yourself. It's like, listen, people fall fall off the horse, right? And getting mad yeah. and, and getting outside of yourself is nothing. Like, it, there's no difference, right? To, to imagine it's just like it's going to be just a straight uphill climb or just like a straight line to being the best mental player in the world. Like, that was never going to happen, exactly. right? So like, it, it'll just be interesting to see if like which, if it's, if it really is unraveling a little bit for him or if he's if just, just like, okay, yeah, that, that was... That was messed up. Like, yeah, I agree with you completely. It'd be interesting to see what his conversation was like with his caddy after. Was it yeah. like, yeah, that's my bad. Like, I was really in the moment. I let it get the best of me. Or was it like, no, I'd still hit that shot again. Like being yeah. stubborn, you know. And for sure, obviously, we're not there. But that's a great point. I mean, I think leading into the Masters this week's actually probably the most important for anyone who's yeah. looking at John Rahm. Right. Exactly. As a bet in the Masters, like I would just be. Because talent, it doesn't matter. Like, he's good enough to win the Masters. For sure. Don't even be concerned about that. Be concerned if he's being pouty. <laughs> <laughs> so the next guy here, Jim Furyk, who, again, I rode to another yes. head victory last year or last week. We almost had our second Tier 3 winner this Tier. year. Alas, it was not to be. I know, but that was fun to watch. I mean, Jim Furyk, it's hard not to pick him this week right like a place where t to green is just important 175 to 200 i really liked his putting style he was doing you know claw with a little arm lock he seemed really comfortable with it um 
34 to 1. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's just hard not to pick him. He's a guy right now that I feel like he's on the, I mean, of course he's on the back end of his career. And at the players it seemed like he was just playing with a lot of freedom. Like a lot of yeah. just enjoying being out there. And you could see that because he went through a phase and like I would say what, the back half of his career, he was getting a little chokish down the stretch. Like he was playing great, he would get in contention, but then he'd hit some shots and he'd fall apart a little bit. Um, and I'm definitely not criticizing. I think when you have that long of a career, of course you're going to go through things like that. But it's cool to see him come out when a lot of guys at the last day of the players were struggling in some difficult conditions. It just didn't seem like he cared that much about the external, you know, the weather and things like that. It was him and Fluff just going around, taking care of their business, and with no real expectations of perfection. It was just like, we're just playing. I'm going to hit fairways. This is what I do. And we're just going to make the most of it and have fun. And that's what I, I saw. And that's cool. Like, that's the dangerous golfer. And on the yeah. back of his career, I think he goes to the Valspar and he just continues that. I think he is enjoying it so much and taking it all in that I don't see it being a one week, you know, um, one week hit and, one, you know, um, what am I trying to say? One week just uh, hit and hope. Yeah, it's not just going to be, a, yeah, it's not yeah. Like a random thing that pops up. Like, the guy's going to play well, probably, you know, this year. It seems like he seems healthy, seems like he's uh, just happy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, and so that's that's really my strong point for Jim Furyk is just his mental approach right now. Because um, obviously he has the experience to play on all of these golf courses. Um, especially yeah, with Fluff. Like Fluff is experienced too as a caddy to know exactly how to go about it efficiently. Um, so the rest just comes down to Jim feeling good. And I think he is for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so he's thirty-four to one to win this week, four to one in the top ten, eight to one in the top five. Jim Furyk, nearly tier three champion. <laughs> yeah, whoever's week. on tour, like you should probably just fall into the tier threes of Swing Space Podcast. <laughs> you, like your life will change in the weeks to come. <laughs> uh, so the next guy, Brant Snedeker, he really closed out strong last week. Uh, Forty-one to one, top ten. He's five to one, top five. He's eleven to one. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, a couple interesting things with Brant. Um, you know, I, I really like Brant all the time. I love his game. I love his routine. I love how quick he is. He seems like one of the most decisive players out on tour, especially when he gets to the greens. Um, and he he did. He caught, he caught some fire at the players um, on that final day. And I think that sometimes when you look at those guys who come from behind that way, obviously they're teeing up on Sunday more like freeing it, you know, free will, just go out there Um try to shoot as low as possible. I think a lot of guys find a sense of freedom moving forward in that. Like something clicks mentally of, oh, that's, I need to just let go of things and go out and and play. And I think that's something Brant will be able to take to the Valspar, a place that he he played well last year. Um, He was paired with Tiger in the final round. Um, And he did um, just go back to his old longtime coach, Todd Anderson, um, so he's probably in a really good process state of mind, you know, working on a couple things, which can be can be very good at um, getting you out of results, you know, and just getting back to um, obviously familiar things. Since he's a longtime coach, it's nothing new. Um, so I look at at Brent, you know, or Brant coming in this week with a lot of freedom and and playing well, uh, putting. I just think that from Sunday it leads over, and he he continues to be hot with the flat stick. Yeah, like you said, he played well here last year, too, and he was a guy that I was taking a strong look at uh, down below. I like this guy a lot this week. 
the next one, Adam Hadwin, 56 to 1, 6 to 1 in the top 10, and 13 to 1 in the top 5. Yeah, I like this one a lot this week, too, especially at that 6 to 1 mm-hmm. mark to be in the top 10. Yeah, so with Adam Hadwin, uh, one thing I was going through his stats and looking at is he's a good driver of the golf ball. Like, he hits it straight. He hits it far enough. He's not long, but he hits it straight. Um, but what's interesting is he's losing strokes from the fairway. Uh, so I looked at that, and I was like, hmm, because that doesn't really fit his MO of his game. Like, I'm always sure. like, Adam Hadwin, I look at you as being definitely a reliable iron player. Um but he's 58th in greens and regulation percentage. So to me, that says, okay, he's hitting a lot of greens. He's just not hitting anything close right now. You know sure. what I mean? It's like, I don't know why that is. I don't know if he hasn't been driving it well. But but he has. I mean, he's driving it well enough. So it just tells me that he's not hitting it very close often. But in the relation to the field here at the Valspar, I feel like that's a very important stat. Like you said, 175 to 200. So it's not who's necessarily stuffing it. It's about who's oftentimes hitting the green you know when you get into that situation it's not really about proximity to the hole it's about are you hitting the green keeping the momentum of the rounds um and being 58 in green and regulation percentage i think that this week um he, that's an advantage to him um, i think that he'll gain strokes with his iron play um just due to the setup and the way this golf course is um so i think a top five and a top ten are definitely very fair for adam hadwin this week yeah, good stuff. Getting into the dark horse picks. Mm. I love Ali. Yeah. Sorry. I love no. Ali Schneider Jans. I think he's one of like, I've always liked him. I actually had the pleasure of um, playing golf tournaments, um, the same tournaments as him in college for a little bit. I saw, I played behind him in the um, U.S. Open sectionals in Georgia. And um, I've also just kind of researched him a little bit, you know, being a little bit of a fan and interested by his game and what his story was being number one in AM in the world um, and having definitely a slower progression out on tour, but but a fair progression. It's not like he's really lost his game. It's just been a slow learning curve for him. And I just I like where his mind's at. He's very process oriented. He changed his golf swing um, in the last year and a half or so. Um Seems like he's done with that, obviously, building that momentum at the players. I mean, he played some big-time golf there and um, had one lap. You know, he made, I think, six on hole 17 the final round. So it's like, uh, how much of that's going for or something, I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I still look at him as dark horse. I don't think last week takes him out of the dark horse category. Um, but at 71-1, to 1, I like him. I think all the – I mean, he's got all the talent in the world and with some momentum – and a, a good process mindset. Ali Schneider-Jans is, is a guy that he's going to be able to be a fixture out here. I, I do believe that. It's just um, he needs that momentum to last a little bit longer, you know? And I think sure. at the Valspar, could definitely be it this week with um, not very deep of a field. So last Dark Horse pick is Trey Mullinax. He's 126-1, to 11-1 in the top 10, 26-1 to 1 in the top 5. Yeah, so Trey Mullinax, he's about the longest guy on tour. Um, he hits it so far. Um, he's he's about level, I believe, in strokes gained driving, so he hasn't been extraordinarily accurate. But, um, you know, at a guy like a dark horse at these odds, you need a guy that's got the, the opportunity to make something happen, right? And with his length, um, he's going to also have options, you know, to hit three wood off the tee if he needs to. 
Um, so the guy at 126 to one there, I'm really just looking at opportunity. You know, does he actually have a chance to go out and do something special this week? Um, and his length is, I, I think it might have been Valero somewhere in Texas. He shot a really low one um, to get back, uh, I think, leading the golf tournament or, or whatnot. But I think that's just due to his length. You know, when he has a day where he's on or an event that he's on, he's going to be able to take uh, advantage of that because he just doesn't have to be that phenomenal the rest of the way in. So uh, on a course like this, I think it, it provides him options and different ways to play it. Um so a guy with those odds, that's that's usually what I'm looking for is a guy um, that just has opportunity, not necessarily a guy that's going to be consistent. Yeah, and I mean, listen, he's he's a really good striker. He's a really good approach to the green guy. He's 40th in uh, greens and regulation percentage. Like, he's actually sixth on tour in proximity to the hole from the fairway. So, like, if he right. drives it well this week, exactly. like, he's going to actually be nasty, you know? Yeah. Like, he hasn't been putting well at all, but, like, we don't know with bombers. We just don't know what the reason for that is. You know, yep. is yep. their types of games are just different. You know, it's not a Brian Gay. Brian Gay putts well week in and week out because he's usually seeing this consistent types of golf tournament. He usually plays similarly week in and week out. Um, where Trey Mullinax, you know, sometimes he can get hot. Sometimes he can be in the trees all the time. It's really hard to predict. But like you're saying, if he gets everything going, like his iron play... Um, he's 45th strokes gained T to green. So right. he's got options. You know, if he needs to hit three, but it's not like he's miserable with an eight iron in his hand. So I like that one. Yeah. I like that one actually a lot. I'm going to be putting some money on that one at 126 to one. Like again, if you, it's kind of one of those things where you feel like this guy coming out of nowhere to win a tough golf tournament, but like, I don't know. I, the, the to me, the numbers make sense. Like if he drives mm-hmm. it really well this week, he hits it. Totally. Great. I think he was even like in the top 30 in approach uh, proximity over 200 yards. So it's like, even if he's hitting three wood a lot of the time, you know what I mean? It just it exactly. kind of all just depends on how he's going to play. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Players, if I was caddying for someone who bombed it on tour, it's like, I would just feel so comfortable as a caddy knowing we have so many different options to play this golf course. Like if you're not driving it well, that's okay. Like hit your two iron or hit your three, iron, right. you know, three wood. Um, and last year he was 19th in stroke gained off the tee. Um, absolutely bombed it. He was second in driving distance um, at 318. So, I mean, that's kind of the stuff that I'm preaching with him is just the ability to absolutely pummel the golf ball just makes it a lot easier, especially on a golf course like this. Um, if you can do that, you're, you're definitely taking advantage because not a lot of guys are going to be playing that way um, definitely. this week, especially with the, the lack of depth in this field. So head-to-head game last week, three-to-one victory once again from myself. Uh-huh. Season leaderboard, I'm up 23-to-18. Uh-huh. Opening that lead, continuing uh-huh. to open that lead. Uh, Tiger got JT, which is kind of surprising. Like, I, I wish, I don't know. It seemed like another one of those weeks where he just didn't really have it. Again, it'll be interesting to see, right? Because he was playing so well. Like, Who, JT not, or Tiger? JT. Yeah, he like, got off to a really good start. <laughs> yeah, but like you look at, okay, so he's not playing this week. He'll play the match play, right? But it's, it's going to be hard to see like the match play, what that kind of sets up for the Masters for him. But I, I I don't know. Seems like the last two tournaments he's been a little bit down. It'd be interesting to see where his game is going into the Masters. Yeah, I mean I think JT's a guy I've always felt that 
benefits from a week off. Um, I think that I've always said it about his technique. I think it's really good. It's great. But he's always on that fine line of getting maybe a little bit off. Um, sure. He doesn't need to go make any changes. He just needs to go sharpen. And I feel like that adds a lot of confidence and he gets back out there and doesn't. It seems like he hasn't missed a beat, you know? Um, yeah. So that's the thing with him. And he even got off to a good start last week and then you just never saw him anymore. Right, uh, for sure. So. So that was your one win of the week. Congratulations. I was Tiger's been good to Tiger. me. Yeah, he Tiger's has actually. Uh, Lucas Glover takes down Paul Casey in a pillow fight. <laughs> I'll take so it. Bad. I'll take it. Do you love Lucas Jim Furyk? I know I do. I, I do. Uh, Jim Furyk takes down Brennan Grace. Not surprising. Jim Furyk. No, that oh, one. Boss. We were making our picks last week, and I write on the the Google Doc that we use. I'm like, pick this dude, um, please, or something like along those lines. Uh, kind of trolling, but also like, it's Jim Furyk. Like he, we know who he is, right? In that last tier or tier three, and you write back like, I'm actually researching him right now. I'm like, oh, <laughs> my Jim Furyk's coming back into play, and it was sweet to see. I was pumped about it. I. My ego went out the window. I didn't care about losing. I figured I was going to lose. Um, I didn't even know what Brandon Grace finished. I actually didn't even realize I picked him because <laughs> I was more into what was going on. And I knew Jim Fear, whoever I had against was Jim Fear, was getting yeah. pummeled. So it's like I didn't even look. <laughs> but that was awesome. That was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Ted Potter loses to pretty much everyone, but uh, <laughs> Troy Merritt. Winona State alum, yeah, bringing it home once again for me. Has has and I wish you go look back and look at this. Has Ted Potter won any head to heads? I feel like he had a, a good finish uh, at the Sony. At the Sony, won. but I don't think you took him. Yes, I did. You took I, him that week? Yeah, because I bet on him that week to win, and I oh, was okay. like losing my mind. And then he like twelve <laughs> whole fourteen, and it's like, oh sweet, you didn't even get the top ten. Good yeah. for you. Um, yeah, he should retire retire soon. Um, find a job as a car salesman or something, but like this that's pretty know, bad. Man. He's brutal. He's brutal. I just can't pick him anymore. Unless he's like he I made have. a seven. Tiger made a seven. Actually Tiger made a Ted Potter. <laughs> yeah, sevens are now Ted Potters. Just so if you ever hear us referring to William making a Ted Potter out on the course, because <laughs> we all know I don't make Ted Potters. Uh <laughs> That's what we're talking about from here on out. Oh, man. Let's get into these picks. I want to wax you this week. Well, it would be the first in a while. Oh, you're first. So I got Patrick Reed. Uh, past four years here, he's got three top tens, including two second-place finishes. He always plays well on tough golf courses. It's a tough golf course. He's going to be, you know, again, he's a guy that I think, I think I saw a comment that he made last week where they were talking about what he's going to have for his master's dinner. And yes. they asked him and he's like, well, I've known since I was 13 years old that it was going to be like T-bone steaks or something like that. And so, <laughs> and everyone was trolling him for saying that he's known what his master's dinner was going to be since he was 13 years old. But that's just who that guy is. And I love him for it. Like I really yeah. do. I, it, it, the hate for him has gone so far for me, that like I just can't help. I got nothing but love for I can't. I got nothing but love for uh, for for Patrick Reed. I agree. Um, with 
He's and like, like I said, I mean, he's scrambling is going to be a big thing this week uh, for some of these guys that, you know, aren't hitting greens. And, you know, he's one of the best there. I like him. I like him this week. Yeah. I mean, he played awesome here last week. He almost, or last year, he almost won. Um, I think he had a chance to force a playoff or a chance to take the outright lead on 18. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a good fit for him. And like you said, short game, he's got such good hands around the greens. But yeah. I'm going Sergio. A little bit opposite. Not looking for him to scramble. Looking for him to just stripe the shit out of it this week. Um, just kind of riding the the consistency and the. Um, I just have a lot of trust in Sergio. Not necessarily to always win, but you know, you you look at this tier one guy and you're looking for a guy that's going to be there Saturday and Sunday and have an opportunity, right? So, I'm going with Sergio this week. I, you know, Dustin Johnson's the favorite, but. Um, played great last week, but putted horrible. So it could go either way with him. I just wanted to mention that for anyone who's into Dustin Johnson this week is he could absolutely win this golf tournament um, if he figures out his putting even 50%. Um, but if it's anything like it was last week, it'll be tough um, on this golf course. So Sergio two. versus Patrick Reed. Sergio auto pick. Lucas Glover, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I got Lucas Glover again. I feel like I, he's been my most popular pick. He's your Charles Howell. He is my Charles Howell. And <laughs> he's got three he had three straight top 10s going into the players. And so my logic is similar to last week. Like it just didn't work out for him last week. He's been hitting it beautifully all year. Um I'm actually like kind of along the lines of the John Rom thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see how he specifically rebounds from you know, the string of success, he's been playing really well, and then he goes out to the players where, again, you're looking at a Vic, gets yeah. you a three-year exemption. So it's a big tournament. Like, a guy like that is definitely ramping up for this tournament or, or for the players. Absolutely. Trying to play well there, right? And, um, you know, he misses the cut. And I'm just very interested to see how he bounces back mm-hmm. this week. Um, and I think, you know, again, talking about guys that, that stripe the ball, He's been that guy all year, and uh, I think he'll probably continue it this week. Yeah, him and Keegan Bradley are very similar. I've been watching, you know, Keegan Bradley. He hits it so well. He's putting a little bit better, um, but it's kind of the same as with him and Lucas Glover. Is they've had bright spots, and they've also had spots where it's like, wait, that's not the same guy, you know. But like Lucas Glover, though, I think his iron play has been really, really solid. Right. I'm correct with that, aren't I? Yeah, I know, for sure. Yeah. And um, like you were saying out here at the Valspar, that's important. So um, I'm going with Adam Hadwin. I already kind of gave you my spiel on him. Um, hits a lot of greens, just hasn't been hitting it very close. But in this situation this week, I think hitting greens um, is everything, uh, especially momentum plays. There's going to be difficult shots coming in and hitting the green um, is definitely a victory on those shots versus just having to stuff everything. Um, so I think that he gains a few more strokes this week versus uh, prior weeks with the same type of iron play he's had. Um, and on the bright side, I think that he he definitely has room for improvement there uh, due to his his normal ability with his irons. I think that um, it will trend upward versus um, downward for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I, I like him a lot. I, I know I've picked him once this year, mm-hmm. and I think I thought about picking him then the next week, even though it didn't go very well the week before. But yeah. again, he's a guy that I, I like a lot here, too. 
for sure. Tier three. So this is where I'm starting to get again. I'm I'm swinging for the fences Dude. on these guys. Like so, I got Joaquin Neiman. Joaquin mm -hmm. Neiman. Mm -hmm. So he's. It was interesting because when I was out at the Farmers, I was at the final round, and it was interesting. It looked like, and so I was standing on the 18th tee, and again, I knew that he was he was like nine under going into the day or eight under going into the yeah. day, right? And I see the guy carrying the little stick walking up to the 18th green. I think he's like in one of the last four groups, and oh, it was yeah. like plus one, and I was like, what? How the mm -hmm. hell did this happen? So I pulled up my phone and I'm like looking at the leaderboard. And I mean, he finished with 80. And I think he may have birdied 18 to shoot 80. Right. Yeah. So it's like he he played awful in the final round there. Right. And then subsequently went out to Phoenix the next week and missed a cut. And I, I it was interesting watching his body language on that 18th tee because he like it was almost okay. Imagine going out there at 20 years old. And playing well, right? Mm -hmm. But you're still 20. And now you come into a final round and you shoot 80. Like, I, I swear, yeah. I swear to you, the body language was just like, get me out of here. Like, I'm embarrassed to be here. You know yes. what I mean? Like, you go into those tournaments where you like, I don't want to say you don't feel like you belong, but you like go into a tournament and you play really poorly. Mm -hmm. And you're just like walking around as you do it. And you're almost like... You, you just feel like you don't belong there because you're playing so bad. You know what I mean? And you know I'm you know I'm so high on Joaquin Neiman. He was on yeah. I think on our first podcast. I'm like he's gonna be the guy that's you know he's gonna have a big year. Um, and to what you're saying about feeling like he doesn't belong, there's something going on with his putting. Um, sure. Yeah, for sure. It's I think that's what he's embarrassed about. I don't know if it's what it is, but like so it's atrocious. Like, there was a round he was losing five strokes putting. He's ball striking right. it completely fine this year which yeah like that's what i said right like his golf swing's awesome like he's really talented he's going to hit it great all the time he's atrocious at putting right now so there that was kind of the reason that i felt like i was looking at the last couple results he's had he's made three cuts in a row so again it's kind of like you have that and your confidence kind of falls apart right and it feels like he's been trending in the right direction Last three tournaments, he's improved every single every single week with his strokes gain putting. And I think last week he was even he wasn't plus one uh, strokes. He wasn't a stroke a full stroke gain putting, but he was above zero. I think for the was first he? time since earlier in the yeah. year. Yeah, this year so he's kind his of total his total strokes gain putting. He's negative twenty three strokes. Yeah, no, it's gross. So like again, I think. <laughs> So I think a guy like that, like just getting a little bit of confidence back as a young guy, Definitely. like it, it just feels like it's it's going to be up and down, right? He's <laughs> such a good ball striker, and I just feel like again, you come out to a good a, a tough course where you know you're going to pick up shots on the field by striking it well. Like mm -hmm. again, if he just keeps that upward trend of the putter going, um, I think he can have a good week. Absolutely. I mean, he is 20 years old. That's so crazy to me. Um, I agree. I, I I I was happy you, you know, were able to bring him up actually, just because I've had thoughts about. It. I've watched I watch his stats a lot, and it's just like you're doing everything that I expected you to do from a ball striking standpoint. Right. I just didn't expect you to be 209th in putting. Like I'm actually okay with you being a hundredth, or like a hundred, <laughs> right? Seventy right, fifth, really. Like that's okay. Right. 209th is just like wow. That's that's not good for but, sure. Well, I'm gonna go with a young guy as well. I'm going with Bo Hostler. Um, this is a little bit of a kind of like um, 
what you're talking about with Lakeem Neiman. Bo Hostler's a great player. Um, he's definitely not very accurate. Um, he doesn't have a very um, – he doesn't have a golf swing that screams to me accuracy off the golf tee. Uh, off the tee. Um, I think that it, it's a great iron swing, um, which I'm looking for him just to have an upward trend with some accuracy out here this week. Because if he does that, it's okay. Kind of like the same thing with Joaquin Neiman. You're saying, you know, if he if he has an upward trend with his putter, if he putts okay, like he'll be fine, you know. Um, and that's my same thing about Bo Hostler this week. Um, is I'm just looking for him to have a a solid week off the tee um, from an accuracy standpoint. And I think that the rest will take care of himself. Um, so yeah, I'm going with Bo Hostler, a young matchup. Yeah, no, I like it. It's going to be a fun one because I think both of those guys have have a chance to be, you know, top 10 type yes. guys this week. But we could be in for a, a tier three dust ball this week, too. Like, Absolutely. There, there's definitely a chance where we're looking at, OK, which one of you guys? I mean, neither of you are making the cut. So which one of you guys is going to break 75 gonna today suck to win us. this one? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bo Hossler's 120th in driving accuracy, hitting 60%. Um, he hits it you know, around 300 yards so far this year, but um, he's a solid iron player. Like I said, he makes uh, he's 4.2 birdie average. Um, he makes birdies. It's just the fact, what are you going to get this week You know, with? Yeah, off for sure. Tee? So my Dust Bowl king this week is Sam Burns. You know, I was looking at his results from the last six weeks, and quite honestly, they're pretty trash. Um, but the, the, the one spot that he has been excelling at is he's been really good from 150 to 175 and 175 to 200. And I told you how much I like that stat this week. Sure. And so he's just a guy that it's like, listen, he's a bomber. He's going to hit. And again, if he has a good week with the driver and he keeps doing what he's doing from 150 to 175, 175 to 200, I think he can be up there in the top 25. And really when I'm looking at these dust bowl guys, like if you can give me a top 25, I'm probably going to get the dub. And so, again, like, also trending up in the driving accuracy because, um, again, he's been a little bit wild. And I think if you look at a season number, he's probably in the 130 to 5 to 150 range uh, of driving accuracy. Mm-hmm. And then he's also been trending up just kind of like Neiman. He's been trending up the last three weeks in putting. So, like, again, a guy, you just kind of catch a good week driving the golf ball, been trending up in putting, been hitting it well from 175. It's a recipe for a dust bowl king this week. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're uh, going against a first time, um, first time out on the PGA Tour at uh, 17 years old. I'm going with Akshay. Um, he is going to. He's one of George Gankus's guys. Uh, he made a. He had a quote on one of his. Uh, media uh, experiences this week. He said, I'm not just here to make the cut. I'm here to win. Um, and I think that stems from George Gankis. I think that, you know, George does a great job on the mental side with his players from things that I've researched. And I've had the the pleasure of talking with him on the phone. Um, and he, he does a great job at managing his players' minds. Um, so a seven, a 17 year old, you know, um, who's got that much confidence who uh, has the balls to say that what that's tiger. Like, you know what I mean? Tiger said that when he was a kid, I'm not comparing him to tiger, nothing like that. But from that spot only, I love that. I think that's awesome. And I think, I think that's planned. I think there's a reason for why he's, 
saying that. So um, I think that I think that he comes out here and he uh, tries to show everyone what he's about and kind of takes over Sam Burns' um, love that I have for him, and it's going to turn to Akshay. <laughs> yep. I was just kind of reading here while you were talking about it, and he was talking about a story where he played a practice round with John Rahm. And, oh, really? Uh, John Rahm was talking shit. So so Akshay took a three iron out. <clears throat> Rahm took a five out and hit it past him and then was like, yeah, try to catch up to that. And then Akshay hit it inside of him with a four iron and was <laughs> like, okay, hit it inside of that, and he didn't. So, again, <laughs> like he's already out here talking shit to John Rahm. Like good for him. Yeah, know? that's that's kind of what I mean. Like I think there's a reason behind it. Like I don't think that um like I think that's addressed during their lessons with George Gankis and him. Like if that's yeah. his attitude, I think George does a great job at seeing when people play their best with what attitude. Sure. And I think that George has really given him the thumbs up to be like, be that way. You know, Just be, be yourself, man. Yeah, be that way. And the fact that he's doing that at age 17 to John Rahm, that's different level stuff. That's different <laughs> level stuff. Like, I don't care if it's practical. I don't care if it's for fun. Like, that's awesome. So why not give him yeah, a chance, 17-year-old? I think, yeah. I can't he's really say mature. I'm for it, but I'll have a lot of fun this week if this guy's out here talking shit to these guys. <laughs> just club twirling on fools. And just club twirling on them, yeah. And it's it. awesome because he kind of looks like a dork. Like, he's like... Oh, lanky. He's got dark. the glasses. Like super um, skinny. Like his belt doesn't even fit him. He's like his belt loop is like flapping around because he can't even like put yeah. a normal size human being belt on. It's fantastic. Right. It's great. It's awesome. And the fact that his coach is George Gankis, you know, it just like fits the whole right. the whole thing. It just fits. So for sure, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to watch him. But uh, yeah, so this week that about wraps it up. Thanks guys for tuning in. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on iTunes. Give us five stars. Put some money, probably not on Akshay, but tune in (laughs) for some fun golf this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. See you guys. Have a good week.